0: Well, they tell me the light's burned out. I've only been here a month. You know, it makes you wonder, are they trying to tell you something? We don't mind listening to you, we just don't want to see you. It's been said before. Well, it's a big day. It's always a big day when you worship, whether the lights are on or not. This uh, passage of scripture comes in a series I'm preaching on going deeper. I think you always have the opportunity to go deeper, whether you're in the eighth grade or whether you're um, 60, almost two years old. We're always working on going deeper, aren't we? Being satisfied with where you are is a form of death. Uh, not that contentment's a wrong thing, but longing to grow and mature, to learn, to change, to deepen your roots is a lifelong, lifelong process. And so this series is addressing a couple of issues for us, like prayer last week, going deeper in prayer. And today the sermon is is, uh, going deeper, a call to follow Christ, when the demands outweigh the resources. Have you ever been in such a situation? Where the demands of that particular situation outweighed your resources. This is a story that is found in all four of the Gospels. Now you say, yes, so what? Well, the only other story found in all four Gospels is the story of the resurrection. The birth narratives are not in all four Gospels. All the parables are not in all four Gospels. The Sermon on the Mount is not in all four Gospels. But this story of the feeding of the 5,000. All four Gospel writers saved this story and embedded it in their gospel. Now, what does that tell you? This story is important. When I was a child, I used to think this was about Jesus having the power to multiply five loaves and two fish, and what a big deal that was. But if you think about it, God hung, you know, Jupiter out there, in the middle of nothing, spinning around, um, so multiplying some fish and loaves is no big deal, really. The story is about relationships. It's about the dynamic of being a disciple with Jesus and being a part of the world. And how does the church move around in those relationships? Listen to it. The apostles gathered around Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. And many were coming and going and they they had no leisure even to eat. This is a deserted place, and the hour is now very late. Send them away, so that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy something for themselves to eat. They said it just like that. (laughs) But he answered them, "You give them something to eat." And they said to him, "Are we to go and buy two hundred denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat?" And he said to them, how many loaves have you? Go and see. And when they found out, they said, five, two fish. And then he ordered them to get all the people to sit down in groups on the green grass. And so they sat down in groups of hundreds and of fifties and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves. And gave it to his disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all. And all ate. And were filled. And they took up twelve baskets full of broken pieces of the fish. Those who had eaten the loaves numbered five thousand men. The word of the Lord. This story starts with fatigue. The disciples are tired, not from doing bad things, but from doing good things. They weren't being evil. They weren't uh, out sinning all night. They were doing good stuff. And they came to Jesus tired from doing good stuff. School and work and family responsibilities and church involvement and community involvement and taking care of my aging parent parents. The dog, the cat, the house, the cars, the bills. I need to go to the gym. I need to lose some weight. All I want to do is eat junk. I need to pray some more. I need to read the Bible. I know, but I don't understand it. I need to up my pledge. And you do, by the way. And (laughs) and don't forget to floss my teeth before I go to bed at night. There's a lot to do, just good stuff. And you can get tired just from all that's on your shoulders. The disciples are tired and they come to Jesus and in his compassion for them, he doesn't say, man up, woman up. We've got the kingdom work to do and I've got, you know, things on my mind. Jesus has compassion and says to them, I think it's time to rest. That's a word we find in the creation account. 6 days you work on the 7th day you do what? Yeah. It should be built into us. Rest. And sometimes when we take leisure and we go to the mountains or the beach or here or there, we travel to Spain or whatever we do, all of that leisure is not rest. It's just more things we have to do. And there's a time that Jesus says to busy people who are doing good things, you know what? You need to stop. At least for a little while, you need to stop. It's very compassionate of God to do this. Do you know how weird it is that all of us turn out our lights at night, crawl into a bed like a hibernating bear, and go to sleep for eight hours? The whole town. Just asleep. Lights out. I mean, it's a weird thing humans do. We go to bed, and then we wake up in the next day, and we live all day, and then we put on our pajamas, and we crawl in the bed, and we turn out the lights, and we hibernate. It's really weird. God gave us the gift of sleep. God gave us the Sabbath day. God gave us those times when it's time to stop, Sally. It's time to stop, Bob. You aren't built to carry this load, even this good stuff, without a break. But it's interesting in this story that even the plans of Jesus don't work. And I say that with all due respect. Even though I've got this... This is another thing I want to say. I've got this lid over me. And I'm always afraid if you don't like what I'm saying, somebody's got a button they push. And this thing closes up like a jar of pickles. Have you ever thought about that? Okay, that's out of my system. Sometimes even the plans of My mother used to say, I never know what's going to come out of your mouth, and I would say, me either. (laughs) But even the plans of Jesus don't work. I mean, Jesus says, let's get away by ourselves, and what happens? You know, he's been healing people and changing people's lives. He became so popular, he was like a rock star. That people would come from all over because they needed him to touch their lives. He was like a rock star. To the point that the Bible says there came a time in his ministry when he could not go into major towns and cities. It created too much of a stir. We forget that about Jesus. He had created such a stir that all these people centered around him and got there before the disciples arrived just like if I were to take a two-week vacation from all of you and go back to my mountain home in Brevard, and you were there when I got there. I mean, I'd be glad to see you, but you got to go. Yeah. So Jesus is tired, the disciples are tired, they go to this place, and here's everybody, the church, the whole world has shown up. Why is it when we're the tiredest that we often are called upon for our greatest work? I'm too tired for that. I've been asked to take this position or that position right at a point where I really need some rest, and yet we're called upon. I love this part of the story. They're in the middle of nowhere, right? And they say there was 5,000 men. Did you catch that at the end? There were 5,000 men. Well, back then they didn't count women, but I want to count the women. So if there were 5,000 men, there had to be 5,000 women. And then throw in some children and youth. And so I'm going to say this crowd was somewhere between fifteen and 20,000 people. That's like a small county fair. So it's noisy and it's dusty and there's no microphone system and there's no infrastructure, there's no porta-potties, there's no snack bars, there's nothing. But out in the middle of nowhere with 15 to 20,000 people and the disciples come to him with a plan. And this is like the church, like maybe the session or the elders of the church, they have a plan and here's what they say. They came to Jesus and said, Jesus, this is a deserted place, and the hour is very late. Send them away so that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy something for themselves to eat. We voted on this, and it's unanimous. Now, I can imagine Jesus' response. He goes, oh my gosh, is this really a deserted place? How would have I ever known that without you good, kind church people telling me? And is the hour really late? I had no idea. And you know what? It's a good idea. Let's send all these people away. Did Jesus say that? No. Even with a tired church... Jesus looked at the 15,000, who for me represent the world, the whole world. He looked at the world. He looked at the tired church. And he turned to the church and he said, Why don't you give them something to eat? Us? Yeah. Well, there's only 12 of us, so let's do this. Sorry you sat on the front row. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 10, 11, 12. That's it. You feed 15,000 people. Well, had I been a disciple, I would have turned to the other ones and said, What is he, crazy? He's lost his mind. He knows we didn't bring a barge of food over here with us. He saw the little bag we've got. He knows we're tired. What happened to that compassionate plan about getting some rest? We had a good idea. Send him away. And so then they got sarcastic. And by the way, that's what churches do when they're in over their head. You've never done it here, I know, but it's happened in other places. (laughs) Whenever churches get in over their heads and they don't know how to fix something and, and things look like they're turning upside down, churches get sarcastic and chippy. They start nibbling, like they nibble you to death like ducks. And so they're sort of doing this with Jesus when they come back and they said, Are we to go and buy 200 denarii? Now stop there. 200 denarii is a full year's salary. So they're being sarcastic. To Jesus. Are we to go and buy 200 denarii, a whole year's worth of salary, worth of bread, and give it to them to eat? Is that what you want us to do, Jesus? I've been in those session meetings before. And Jesus looks at him and says, Oh, gosh, that is, that's crazy. I'm sorry. No, that'd be a waste of money and time and resources. Um, what was it you said? Send them away? Yeah, let's do that. Did Christ say that? No. He turned to these 12 and said, I don't know, how many loaves do you folks have? Why don't you go find out? Let me know. Now, that was an interesting meeting they had. I wish I'd have been there. Because one of them would have said probably, what are we going to do? What are we going to tell him? Well, what do we have? We've got five loaves and two fish. Well, just go tell him we've got five loaves and two fish and that's such a ridiculous amount that he'll give it back to us. And then this whole thing, he'll, he'll go to the original session plan, send them away. Somebody else on the disciples probably said, well, whoa, 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 whoa. Technically, we are to give him a tenth. So cut the bread up into ten parts cut the fish up into ten parts. Give him the tenth. We've done our duty to God. We've paid our church dues. And we'll live on nine tenths. How about that? I think there was somebody else on this group who probably said I got an idea. I got an idea. Hide the bag of food. Tell him we lost it. He'll realize this is a ridiculous plan he's got. They all leave and then we'll just find the bag. I don't know how they came to the conclusion. But they went to Jesus and said, "We have 5 loaves and 2 fish. That's that's what we've got." Now 15 or 20,000 people are in the field. It's getting dark. And Jesus did something very interesting. He took it from them. All of it. And I bet the disciples were stunned. He took it. Did he just take that? Yeah, he did. He took it all? Yeah, he left us nothing? Right. Right. And we're following him? We were. And we call him Lord? Not right now. And he did something very interesting. He looked, the Bible says this, he looked to heaven. Now, you know what that means? He looked away from the whiny little church, he looked away from people telling them what they don't have, he looked away from human frailty. See, I think Jesus looks away from your frailty and mine. And he calls on something that we don't have. You better hope that's true in the eighth grade. And you better hope that's true if you're 80. That God looks and calls upon something in life that you and I don't have. And it changes the story. See, this story has been about scarcity up to this point. It's been about what we don't have. It's been about our sarcasm. It's been about we're losing members. Our budget's down. Blah, 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 blah. That's what it's been about. And at this point, we're looking somewhere else. Heaven. Where is heaven? Where God dwells in fullness. I want to call on that. And with a fatigued church and a late hour and a deserted place... He does something we can't do. I want to know that's true in every marriage that's in a deserted place this morning. I want to know that's true for every kid struggling with whatever temptations we all struggle with. I want to know that when I'm in a late place, in a deserted place, when I don't have but five loaves and two fish, that God can call down something that I don't have, don't understand, don't need to understand. Doesn't even matter if I believe in it. And bring life to a place where there was death. Didn't that happen in the resurrection? Yes. Here's a weird part of the story. Well, it's all weird, but here's, with all due respect. But here's a part where he says he gave it back to the disciples to set before the people. Now, that's crazy. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Take all of this food and go feed 15,000 people. It's already late. How long do you think it's going to take you to finish? A long time. You've got to take the baskets out and hand it to people and serve them and get the baskets back. If I was Jesus and I could multiply bread and fish, you know what I would have done? I would have floated it out to everybody. (laughs) I would have just gone... And spread it out. And people would have said, oh, he is the Messiah, the son of the living God. Look how powerful he is. But instead, what did he do? Gave those resources to 12 limited human beings. Why? Because he wanted them to put their hands in the mud of ministry. He wanted them to touch people. He wanted them to have the joy of doing it. He wanted them to see the smiles on the people's faces when they fed them. He wanted them involved with him and what he was doing. And he wants us in this church involved with him and what he's doing. Does Jesus need us? No. Not close. Close. He could raise the food up and spread it out and solve homelessness in the city of Richmond. He could solve the heroin problem in the city of Richmond. He could solve everybody's problem in the city of Richmond. And you know what he's doing? He's asking us to put our hands on it so we get the joy of the service. That's what it is. Years later, I came upon the end of this story and thought about it. This story, I've been living with this story for uh, 40 years. But a couple of years ago, I came to the end of it where it says they all ate and were satisfied and they had 12 baskets of leftover. How many disciples were there? How many baskets? Coincidence, right? No. When you lay your life on the table... God is not going to let you go home empty. And if God does, I want you to quit the church and never come back. Because the God we proclaim, we've got it wrong. If you lay your life on the table for Christ and you end up empty, you call me and let me know because I want to quit the ministry. Every person who has ever brought their fish and their bread to Jesus has gone home with a basket of leftovers in their life. Their life takes on more meaning, not less. The church isn't an attachment to our busy lives. Our life with Christ is our life. All of it. And the last piece, there were 12 disciples and Jesus made 13. Somebody had to feed him out of their basket. Wow. What a privilege that must have been. Jesus, uh, I see you don't have anything. Would you like to eat from my basket? The one, by the way, (laughs) that you gave me. See, that's the kind of church I'm looking for. I don't care how many members we have. And I don't care how big the budget is. None of that stuff matters. But a church that feeds Christ from the basket from which he gave us in the first place, yeah, sign me up. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.